Bonsoir, welcome to the rendezvous. I'm Simon Marcel. Bienvenue. If it's the first time you hear this, this accent of mine, it is straight from Paris, the city of lights. Let me start by a quick little story about this. You know, I play ping pong. One of my neighbors come play. He He's married, five kids. So he always has a story for me. He said, you know, you're not going to believe this. You know, my 17-year-old teenager, you know, had a fight with a boyfriend. Why do you think it's the end of the world at 17 when every time they have a fight, I feel like this is it. The world is going to end. And I, I just want all of us to remind ourselves what it was to be 17. I think all of us, when we are that age, we're super sensitive, super insecure. And most of us, you know, don't know what to do in terms of when it fights, when we take it so personally. So I told my, my neighbor and friend, Joe, take it easy. It's not against anyone. Just make you feel good. And then things will be better. And he said, easy for you to say, Simon, you play ping pong and then you go have dinner and have the show. I said, that's true, too. You call the next 855-905-8255. Can I confess something to you before I go to the phone line? Every time I hear your love stories, and I mean it, it's kind of the celebration of this show, this joy of life, and the fact that there's love everywhere in America. And I love hearing your love stories. So call me. Bonjour, Warren. Bonjour, Simon. Bonjour, Warren. You said you had a, a love story to share with us tonight on The Rendezvous. Uh, well, I have uh, one in particular. I was dating this girl a couple years ago, and she was infatuated with the water in the beach scene. Turns out her mother actually gave birth to her while she was on the beach, which was wow. a cool story all in itself. But uh, we were coming up on our six-month anniversary, and I had kind of messed up the night before. Um, we had gotten into an argument. So I had set out and planned this dinner at a special restaurant. But at the last minute, I, I changed it up, and I we had this spot where we lived. It was right next to the ocean, and it was her favorite spot in all of the world. Uh -huh. So I kind of told her that we were going to the restaurant, but then to the last minute told her we had to stop by there. And when we got there, I laid out a blanket in like a picnic setting right on the beach. And then I apologized for the night before and told her that I wanted to take her to her favorite place in the world with hopefully her favorite person. And that was the first time I told her I loved her. Wow. I, I love that. That What a story I was visualizing in the, in, on the beach and the water and all of this. What do you think, if you had to choose you know, one minute of that fabulous time evening, what would it be the most romantic minute? The most romantic minute was probably the build-up to me saying I love you. Because the look in her eyes, her eyes, uh, you know, very wide open, and that was probably the most romantic part. I like that. Thank you so much. You know, I, I and I agree. When the build up to anyone is going to say "I love you" to someone, it's just it's a magic moment uh, for everybody in, in this situation. So, thank you so much for sharing that beautiful story. And stay with me because I want to talk about the importance and the power of apologizing when you're in a relationship. That's next. Bonsoir, Simon Marcel. I just talked to Warren, who shared with us that love story, and, and he said something very powerful. He said that before he said, I love you, you know, before that, he said how sorry he was for the argument they had before. And it struck me how important it is to be able to say, I am sorry, right? We all know how to say, I love you, right? How much more difficult it is to say to your partner, I'm sorry, I made a mistake, 
or, you know, I apologize. And I've learned that actually with my parents who uh, I've said that to each other on different occasions. And it's so helpful to be able to say those three words, I am sorry, because I feel like it's the magic recipe to get out of a conflictual situation. Instead of inflaming the situation, instead of, you know, saying, oh, I'm always right, just I'm sorry. And that is something not just for relationships, but mostly for relationships. The other thing I want to explore with you is when you have an argument, does it matter who's right at the end? Let's talk about it next on The Rendezvous. What's more important at the end when you have an argument with somebody you love to be right or not to be right? Does it really matter to you? I'm asking that because many, many times in my life I've had arguments and I've made over and over the same mistake to try to conclude the argument by making my point so understood and so clear that my girlfriend would say then, okay, you're right. And she, I think she said that not because so much I was right because she wanted to you know, finish it or I would say it you know you're right, just to stop hearing what she had to say. And so the point is this. When you're in a relationship, when one of the two lose the argument, the relationship loses the argument. It's never about who's right or wrong. It's always about us. Therefore, we should use argument to help understand each other. The more we understand each other, the more we evolve as a couple. I've made too many of those mistakes not to pass this advice to you. Don't worry about being right or wrong. Worry to be understood, to be heard, and then to be loved. 855-905-8255. You call the next. 855-905-8255 is the number to call if you have a question for me about your relationship. Bonjour, Brenda. Bonjour, Simon. What's troubling you tonight? What is going on? I am in a really difficult position. I have been married for about 10 years, and I have reached a spot professionally mm -hmm. that I really need to move to advance my career. I'm an engineer, and I need to get to a bigger city uh, to get higher profile. Unfortunately, my husband is very established in his job here mm -hmm. where we are, Okay. and has no interest in moving whatsoever. Every time I try to bring up the topic, he changes the subject or just doesn't say anything, and I'm, I'm not sure where to go next with this. Um, okay. But he just really does not like change. So i got to ask you this, and some people don't like to change, but do you think there's any way this is a passive-aggressive unspoken between you and him, and he uses this just to get back at you for something you've done or he doesn't want the thing to evolve is um, I don't know but I'm just asking you do you think that's the case uh, I think that's one of the fears that I've had in the back of my head is that okay me doing better puts me in a position where I could technically be earning more money mm -hmm, than him mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. wondering sometimes if that has anything to do with it it could be so here's my advice at the right time especially after a good meal, because man gets grumpy when they are hungry. You open the conversation with a lot of questions. How do you feel about this? 
What is your fear? And don't let him get away from the discussions, right? And if he gets away, you said, let's not talk about that. Maybe you upset at me for something else. Maybe, you know, by me not evolving, you know, you feel more comfortable. Don't judge. Don't point the finger. I want him to have a chance because some people don't talk so, you know, so well under pressure. Some people need more time. I want you to start the conversation, but not ever end until you have all the answers. Even if it's over a few weeks. But you must ask him, including the one about the passive-aggressive, meaning if you stop letting me evolve, our relationship is going to suffer from that too because when I don't evolve, you don't evolve, none of us are evolving as a family, as a couple, okay? That's fantastic, yeah. No, that's and, exactly the kind of stuff I needed to hear. Yes, yeah, so you do it slowly, surely, and use my magic sentence. It's not against you. <laughs> it's a chance for all of us, okay? That's perfect. I'm, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Anytime. Good luck to you with that talk. And I keep my fingers crossed. He'll hear you, understand, and you guys can move. Awesome. Thank you, Simon. I got to check my emails because I have a data dump email waiting for me. Uh, stay with me. That's next. Bonsoir, Simon Marcel. If you can't call me and you have a question about your relationship, just send me an email at therendezvousshow.com. Trish, what's the email tonight? Right, so this is from Rachel. It's a date or dump that says, Bonjour, Simon. Mm -hmm. Bonjour, Rachel. I met this great guy, but he's a bit of a risk taker. Like, he skydives as a hobby, and he does it pretty often. He's done it three times in the two months we've been dating, and it freaks me out every time. It seems really crazy to me that he needs that level of excitement in his life, and it also scares me because it's so dangerous. If I stay with him, I'm afraid I'll be constantly worried. Do you think I should date him or dump him? So if you meet somebody wonderful, but they have a lifestyle that scares you, should you date that person or dump that person? It's a great question. I'm going to answer that next. So what do you do if you go on a date with somebody, you start liking somebody, and that somebody has a different lifestyle than yours? Just like I had Rachel email me at therendezvousshow.com. She met that guy, but he loves skydiving. And that's his passion. And she's afraid something could happen. And she emailed me. She said, what should I do? I think if I'm dating him, I might be constantly afraid for his well-being. Should I date him or dump him? Rachel, lifestyle is a personal choice that cannot be argued with. But you have another choice that you can do is not go with it. And I've always said we should try to avoid to dating people that don't have the same lifestyle than us. And I really mean it. So I think you should not date him anymore because imagine yourself every day goes, you know, skydiving. You're going to be petrified. Your life will be made of fear. So follow my advice. Dump this guy and go find somebody who maybe just like to take a walk on the beach. Way more romantic and way less dangerous, at least in my opinion. You call that next on The Rendezvous. What is the number if you have a question about your relationship? 855-905-8255. Call me now. Bonjour, Morgane. Bonjour, Simon. So I do have a question about my ex-boyfriend. He and I ended things pretty civilly. We kind of agreed that we would be able to talk to each other if one of us reached out to the other. But I've reached out to him recently and he hasn't responded, and I've done it twice. And so now my question is, should I continue to reach out with, to him, or should I 
um, just let it go and try and move on. Sure. I'm going to ask you this question before I answer. Let's reverse the role. Think in the back uh, of your mind, maybe one day before you were with this guy, you were in the situation who never answered a text to a boy, right? Mm-hmm. And you didn't feel like it, you didn't want it, you didn't want to follow up, no matter what the reason was. You remember when you did that, like maybe in your life, where you had enough and you just didn't want to respond? Yes. Okay. Now, imagine you that person that you were. Do you think if the person you didn't want to hear from would send you another text, would that force you to answer? Or on the contrary, you would not even answer and say, oh, I wish they'd leave me alone? Um, I would probably want them to leave me alone. That's the thing. So I, I understand your idea that, you know, you would want to be friends and just chat a little bit or stay in contact. He doesn't want to do that or he would have answered or he's not ready to answer. So the best you can do is keep your distance. Don't text him again. And that's the way to go. So I know it's not the answer maybe you wanted to hear, but that's as your friend, that's my advice to you to protect you, you know, your self-esteem and you don't wait for that next text. Uh, just okay. kind of put the distance and just move on. Okay. Okay, just Thank to protect you, you, your heart. Yes, anytime. Good luck to you and have a good night. Thank you. More rendezvous next. What do you do if you can't call me right now? The phone lines are busy or your cell phone is not handy? You can always email me at the rendezvousshow.com. Trish, what's the email tonight? All right, so this is from Sammy that says, Bonjour, Simon. Bonjour, Sammy. Lately, my girlfriend of two years has been kind of secretive with her phone. It's really subtle, but I've noticed that she tends to keep it face down more often and she seems more protective over it than usual. I talked to her about it and suggested that we exchange phone passwords since we are in a committed relationship, but she said no. She thinks it's controlling and she's upset that I even asked. We're not really talking right now and I'm not sure what to do next. Do you think it was wrong of me to ask for her password or should I apologize? That's a great question. You're dating somebody for two years. They don't want to show you anything about their phone. You ask for the passwords. They say no. What do you do? Stay with me. I'll tell you what to do next. Imagine you guys are in a relationship and um, for two years and you decide you want to uh, ask your partner their password. That's what happened to Sammy, who just emailed me at therendezvousshow.com. He said, Simon, I've asked you know, my girlfriend for a password. She said no. And uh, now you know, they're not talking really, and, and, and he thinks you know, maybe he made a mistake asking her for a password. So to you, Sammy, I would answer that. You can't change the way you paddle in the middle of the river, meaning after two years, if you want to ask her password and you didn't before, I understand why she felt like what's going on and might not want to give it to you. Uh, But it's okay also to ask what you want for. I would not talk about it right away. I would wait things to calm down. And when you guys are back to talking no more and all this, if you have something you want to ask her and you're worried about something, just don't ask for the phone. Tell her what you're really worried about. You call us next on the rendezvous, 855-905-8255. When you have a question, just dial in, 855-905-8255. Bonjour, Susie. What's going on? How can I help you? Well, I have a question. Um, I've pretty much been in a relationship for like a year now. And it seems like my boyfriend likes to spend more time with his guy friends than he does me. I'm, I'm wondering, is there anything that I could do to kind of make him want to spend more time with me instead of his friends? Just so before I answer, like how much time are we talking about? Like 
during the week he spends with his friends instead of you? Um, he's with his friends probably about four to five days out of the week. And the weekend, I kind of have to pour. Okay. You guys don't live together? You live together? No, we don't live together. Okay. Um, that was always like that from the beginning or it progressively became like this? When he was pursuing me, no, of course, he was always around me. But it was like once we got together, within like maybe two months, that's when he started like really hanging out with his friends. Mm -hmm. And it just became a little bit too much for me. I see. Well, I got the solution for you. It's called distance. Okay, so um, instead of always being available for when he wants to see you, you're going to be not available. I want you to put distance between you and him so he has to pursue you again. Right, I, it's taking you for granted, you know, like everything has been established and all that. But the thing is, I want an opportunity for him to miss you. I want an opportunity for him to realize you're not on call and you just show up whenever he wants. I want him to realize what a wonderful woman you are and he cannot take you for granted. That makes a lot of sense. I'm going to try that. Yes. You don't, you don't think it'll push him away, though. And listen, you know. if, it pu if it pushes him away, he's not into you and you don't want to stay with him anyway. Makes sense. I'm going to try it and see how it works out. It's the Thank ultimate so test. Ultimate test. Distance. So good luck to you and keep me posted. Thank you so much, Simon. You're welcome, Suzy. Have a good night. You too. More Rendezvous next. Bonsoir. Thank you so much, by the way, for listening to me every night. I say it all the time. I'll say it in the future. I just cannot tell you how grateful I am for all of you, my listeners, for listening to The Rendezvous. It means a lot to me and my fabulous team of producers. I want to finish this show with a little poll. I thought that was funny. I put a lot of polls. I don't know if you've been on my website, at therendezvousshow.com. This poll was posted on my Twitter account, actually, at Rendezvous Radio. It was, does your partner do romantic things for you? 47% of you said yes, and 53% said no. That's kind of sad, and I hope this show that inspires you know me and all of us to be here tonight and every night, and we so on in favor of being more romantic, inspires those numbers to change in the future. I'll put that poll next year, and I'll see it again, and year after year, if I can get to a better number about doing romantic things for each other. That would be a big victory for the rendezvous. I'll be back tomorrow with more of your love stories, your questions, and until then, bonne nuit les petits. The Rendezvous Show.